Hello and welcome to the Topical City Podcast. I'm your host James and this week I'm joined as ever by Cam and Richard. Firstly, Richard, because Cam is eating, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you very much, mate. Just finished work, got a nice little can of Estrella, or Estrella, if you want. I'm going to say, just pissed off all the Spanish people. Perhaps with it. Estrella. <laughs> and Cam, have you finished munching yet? Yeah. Just eating chips. Yeah, I guess. Can't say. Well, we'll uh, we'll carry on without you for now. Um, so I've, I've really got to kind of put this out straight from the off. Uh, I might be the only person that is, or the only City fan that was livid with last night's six-nil win, um, because Pep cost me six hundred and seventy pounds by taking Harland off. Um, I'd had a bet on Haaland to score 10 goals in his first five Prem games. Um, and I thought, oh, there's no chance it coming in. And then he bags a hat-trick. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, this might be happening. John Stones nicks a goal off him. I didn't know it was going wide. Um, and then there's just every time there was like a, an attack, I was twitching in my seat. Like stress ate a full bag of popcorn. I was like, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure this is going to happen. And then, yeah. I got, I got the dreaded news that he was getting subbed off on my Twitter feed. To be honest, I think if you told me about that bet, like when you made it, I would have done nine in five, if just, you know, based off your luck. So. Oh, just, yeah, cheers for that, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, I might as well tell you my other one now then, so that you can, because on that one, the other bet I put on at the start of the season was Harlan top goal scorer, Kev top assist and City to win the league. Nice. Oh, yeah, like that 300 like, yeah, like a pound. No, I got like 320 quid off a tenner or something for that. So I didn't captain Haaland in my fantasy team because Pep Ooh. had consistently said that, look, he's not going to play every game. And then when you looked at the calendar, this was the one that was like the most, oh, he, Alvarez can start up front and then lo and behold, he starts well, both and it's absolutely fantastic. But yeah, when you sat in the ground watching a 6-0 win and we'll get to it, I kind of just forget about all of that shit now and just enjoy it in yeah. the moment. Yeah, you've got it, yeah. I think um, since we're on it, we might as well talk through the Nats Forest game first, eh? Um, and then we'll kind of have a look at the Villa game coming up and look at transfers as well, because we are recording on deadline day. Um, I've seen nothing except in the last sort of five minutes quickly looking on my phone since I've got back. So might be relying on you guys to update us on any major transfers. Um, but yeah, Nats Forest, so obviously... Haaland bagged another hat-trick, back-to-back hat-tricks. Um, he's broken... Is it... minutes. What's that? Six goals in 90 minutes. Yeah, crazy. Um, he's on nine for the season, just in August. I think it was Aguero's record he's broken. Um, yeah. well, most goals yeah, in recent no, games. That. He broke um, the record for quickest time to get two hat-tricks. Yeah, uh, substantially, didn't game. it? Yeah, because Tony Yaboa was the record holder in 21. Jesus. Nice. So, Seems like the prophecy's coming true, doesn't it? Well, he was matching Aguero's goal record for the longest time, wasn't he? That um, it was pretty much exact to like each game. And then this game, he's completely and utterly just taken it over and gone rogue. But how, how often were we seeing last season that 
for as many goals as we score, there was always like a tap in or a pass across the box that just no one was getting on the end of because we were playing the false nine system and somebody was yeah. too far behind or whatever. And that all we'd need is a number nine up there to like get the tap ins in quotation marks. But that was pretty much every single goal that he scored against Forest, right? They were just one touch, I think one goal. Every goal except that one where he got put through at Palace. Pretty much just yeah. been a tough. Even that one was his first touch on the ball. I think was the shot. Like he he used the pace of the ball that Gundogan put on it to fight off the defenders, and then it might have had one like little touch of control first, but it was the most minimal thing ever, and then just swatted it into the bottom left corner. It was absolutely fucking brilliant. There's also the West strength. Ham one. The West Ham one was class, weren't it? Where he kind of rounded on the ball and slotted it with his left foot. But yeah, but mainly tappings, but he can he can do the other side of things. He scored headers as well already. There's a nice variety to to his goals, and I think you saw as well last night. Did we like a bit of tracking back and a bit of uh, ferocity in his game as well? He seems to be getting up to speed, don't you think? Yeah, at one point he lost the ball and then immediately ran thirty yards to get it back. Yeah, uh, I think that was a bit of Alvarez, wasn't it? Up. Alvarez yeah. was proper like. Dickov wasping it around all of yeah. the area. And I think he spurred everybody on to be looking for a bit, a few more runs, a bit more space and to be closing people down and everything. So that I was awesome to see. Like he's, he's, it's, I feel sorry for him to, you know, it's not often you score two goals in a game and that you're not the best player on the pitch. <laughs> I felt a bit sorry for him because he, as soon as um, he, got to sort of open up a bit in the second half he looked really good but he just I, th- I think uh, we're going to have to placate Kev a little bit because he's not going to get his automatic man of the match anymore after the after every game so. Do you think that that man of the match thing is still completely valid or do you think it's now just become a popularity contest? Like if you look at the Ronaldo stuff they used to always get a man of the match on like Fuck Marbury or anything like that regardless of how are man of the is garbage. Our man of the match is absolute garbage because Kev's won it like fucking 25 times out of 38 or whatever. I'd, so I'd put the... more stock in, in maybe like Sofa score or whatever, but like definitely not City's man of the match. The one at the ground, they used to get people in the ground to vote for it mm-hmm. during the game, but the last few games I've been to, I've not heard them do that. So I don't know how they actually do the man, the man of the match at City now. Is that still the is case? It, is, it, is it not that the pundit? Just like picked him. I know on that TV, on Sky yeah, Sports, we have yeah, a, for sure. We have our own man of the match because, like, even when we lose, they give it to like fucking Div Rider or something because he did a couple of good passes. Maybe we we've hit the nail on the head, and Kev picks the man of the match, and that's why he's won it so many times. <laughs> he's like a mini Mbappe, like controlling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, that's definitely something you can see written into a megastars contract, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Maybe not Kev's, but definitely some other ones. Um, do you know, I just thought we've not got on the agenda to talk about uh, Cam's favourite place. So I'm just going to quickly put this in there to remind us later. Um, right, so we talked about Haaland in the uh, Notts Forest game. What about Foden? He's popped up with a couple of assists. How are we feeling about Phil at the minute? I was going to say, mate. Oh, sorry, Cam, you go. You go, pal, you go. I was just going to say, uh, you were talking before about putting a bet on De Bruyne getting the most assists. Foden's ahead of him by one. So you got Foden on four, De Bruyne on three, 
and then a number of other people on three who, who aren't City, so they're not really relevant. Yeah, give him time. He'll be fine. Don't worry. I thought he tailed off to the end of last season and he didn't start like the first couple of games this season great. But I thought second half yesterday he was really good. Especially when he got to sort of buzz around a bit uh, and he wasn't quite as chained. But, but, yeah. Playing on that left next to Haaland is, I think that's his natural position now. That's where I would have him for the rest of the season. And then Grealish has got to figure out how to get back into the team. Because I was thinking at the start of the season that Foden might drop into the number eight role a little bit, especially with maybe Bernardo leaving. Uh, But now, after seeing him getting these crosses in for Haaland to get his head on, or sometimes just not pass to him for no discernible reason whatsoever, but nonetheless (laughs) get himself into that position to get a shot off. Yeah, I think he's... um, he could really come into his own this season and make that position his own. It just depends on whether or not Pep decides to play him at left wing back again at any point. <laughs> that was really out there, weren't it? And he's not the first young attacking midfielder that he's played at left back besides Zinchenko, because I'm pretty sure McAtee made his debut at left back as well in some cup game. And he was just like, yeah, I want to get on the pitch. And he just ran everywhere and ignored his positional awareness. And if we get in the young Fabian Delph as well. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bright prospect. Eternally young because his blood's not poisoned. He was oh, he was bald at 16, so uh, he's not <laughs> aged a day. Um, before we get off the topic of Phil, I saw something on Twitter that I thought I'd be interested to get thoughts on. Um, and it was around him becoming like a proper pep player and maybe having less of those star like flair moments like I seem to recall like the goal against Dortmund where like he popped on in from a corner routine and done a couple against Liverpool aren't he in the past and are we seeing a little bit less of that from Foden a little bit of that raw street football and a little bit more of that savvy pep system player and I don't think so I, I think he's just been out of form recently I, I don't see him I don't see people shackling his his like flair I don't think players the right term for it, but I don't see people shackling him down just to to fit him in the system. I think it, it will be like he's just finally getting back into form, like Cancelo as well. Cancelo was so out of form from like the end of last season up to about forty five minutes yesterday, and then he just turned it on in the second half. So hopefully he's coming out of it. But yeah, I think it's just I think it's just a, a bad patch, and he's getting back to it now. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably agree with Cameron. I think that um, if he hadn't have tried those two consecutive shots when Haaland, in two consecutive games when Haaland was through on goal, I'd know what you mean because Pep was just irate on the touchline. So maybe this is the final bits that we're seeing and it'll be beaten into him that like, no, mate, look, if the pass is on, we don't give a shit if you want to try and like skim the defender that's challenging you or anything and get a shot off like pass to that- the big guy. That Foden stuff made me laugh, right? Because three years ago, when he when he Michael Richards burst onto the scene, if Phil Foden's in that position, <laughs> both those positions, and he goes for a shot, we're all going, "Yeah, you do the fucking shot." And it's because we got the shiny new toy up front of like, "No, you pass it to him now, please." You're, it's like I don't want to play with you anymore. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, like, it's probably because Raheem was the guy or Jesus in the center of the pitch, and it was like, don't fucking yeah. pass the ball, just shoot, <laughs> mate. You've got a shot on. <laughs> so, so you don't think there's any merit in that that theory that he's, he's becoming a bit more of a system player? Because he, he did kind of ring true a little bit with me, and I don't know if it's a bit of maturity, I don't know if it's a bit of... Um, if you think about it from the, the sort of the, the starting eleven setup, you've got to kind of let Harlan do his own thing. You kind of got to let Kev do his own thing. You've kind of got to let Cancelo do his own thing. That's already pushing it for Pep in terms of control. So it feels to me like I don't remember something from Phil where he's kind of just done something out of the blue like that in a while. He very much feels like a system play. It really ran through this this sort of. I don't think you can tell after five games. I think if if he's not doing it halfway through the season, might be some merit to it. But like I say, I think he's just been out of form and I lost his confidence and he's just trying to do the basics, right? Mm. Let me make it clear, I'm not complaining. I'm I'm really pleased with Phil this season. But it's almost like he's turning into a slightly different player than what I thought he'd be. And did Pep say something about I'm sure there was a quote where, quite recently, where someone had said, oh, you, you said you wanted him in to sort of replace David Silva, you weren't going to, you know, buy someone to replace David Silva, but he's not quite that player. And Pep said something like, he will be. And it's about learning that pauser. And as he, as he matures, he'll become more like that. And for me, I don't think you can be both. You're either David Silva or you're a Leroy Sané. Do you know what I mean? I don't really think there's an in-between. I guess it remains to be seen, doesn't it? And we can probably keep an eye on it and factor it into the next couple of agendas as we go forward doing one pod a month and and see where we're up to. And we can probably get a good handle on that. But maybe you're right. And this is the beginning of what we're seeing because it makes complete sense that you can't have every player on the pitch doing their own thing when you need a lot of system players in there. But also, Kev didn't play on against Forest, and Bernardo and Gundogan to me are very much system players. Yeah. So. And Roger. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there was a bit of room for somebody else to be a bit of a maverick in there, but Phil just saw the passes that were on this time, and and also actually that was it the second goal where Foden was pretty much tackled, <laughs> and that's the reason why the ball just sort of rolled to Haaland's feet mm-hmm. for him to tap it into the back of the net. I'm not sure if Foden got an assist for that or not, but it probably I'm wasn't. I'm kind of glad he, he didn't get the shot off in the end because he would have got torn to shreds. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. We're baying for blood. Like you said, there's a shiny new toy in town. <laughs> well, nice little segue because there's two shiny new toys in town. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Um, Alvarez had a blinder of a game, didn't he? And City fans love a tiny little Argentinian striker no but a tenacity and I know we've kind of touched on it briefly already he's so needed in terms of urgency in that front line because otherwise you're completely relying on a Bernardo or a Phil and I think really when you've got a team like for example if we were to line up in the front three of Harlan Mahrez and Grealish there is no pressing and no intensity there but you just add an Alvarez into that mix. So you're playing Liverpool and you've got a Phil and an Alvarez either side of Haaland. It's a completely different makeup. Yeah. And- I don't want to jump on the down with Mahrez trade, but 
there was and a with Mares. <laughs> there was a marked difference between having Alvarez do what he does and then watching Mares do what he does, and it, it's just it's just not as exciting. And I don't care if maybe he's technically the better player, but I would rather see Alvarez, Bernardo, Foden in the lineup than Mares at the moment. I think the one-on-one chance with Mares and and their goalkeeper kind of Henderson proved it really. So Mares brings it down, is like one-on-one, and then just shoots just shy of the the left post, and you kind of knew that that was going to come. Like I, I don't trust similar to like Raheem and Gabby in the past. I just don't trust Mares when he's in those situations to hit the target. Like sometimes he can dribble it past the post, sometimes he blasts it into the top corner, but looking at Alvarez and the way that he plays, he reminds you so much of Aguero just getting that half a yard of space to just then get generate the power in his foot. Yeah, How yeah. How did he get that sixth goal where he got it? I, I can't... Like the goalkeepers on that side and can't, can do fuck all about it as it just like like glides right past him. As well, like, and he puts it into the roof of the net. It was mad. It was the best goal for me. Yeah. Did you see what Lescott said on the telly last night about him? No. He'd been speaking to Aguero. I'm sure it was something like he was speaking to Aguero and asked him about what he thought of Alvarez because uh, he'd not seen much of him. And supposedly Aguero had said something like, he's got my goal scoring ability and Tevez's work rate. And it's like, fucking hell. You put them two together. So I'm he's going playing golf sometime soon then. Yeah, you put them probably. two together and he's, he's still not hard. <laughs> this is it. I'm already worried about us not keeping him happy because I love him so much already. And he's always going to be second fiddle. I, he's, he's the Jesus effect. No matter how I good he is. I think we should. I'd be well happy playing two up front. Well, this, this kind of moves me on to my next point that we've seen some systems in the last two games that are so like, fresh and new to us. Like One of them I did Back threes, folding at wing back. Two up top, you know, we'll come onto it with bottom of the centre back because that means three at the back's going to be more of a thing. We've got the inverted walker thing going on. Like, do, do you see us going more with two up top? No, but I, I hoped the Christ we don't carry on with inverted walker. I love that man so much. And you could tell yesterday he was absolutely immense again, like yesterday, but before that he was struggling with having to pull inside all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we could do a three three at the back I'd even have Walker as the right side and centre back if you have a three at the back and then I don't know like a 5-3-2 or uh, something like that with Cancelo and Gomez or something on the wings I'd like to see that it's not too dissimilar that from what we've seen before. We, we've kind of let one of the fullbacks have free reign to kind of drift yeah, inwards and move forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what I mean is like what we ended up playing against Forest is kind of what we've seen before where Cancelo gets forward and you, you've essentially got then a back three of the two centre-backs, one on the left, one in the middle, and then Walker on the right. Um so I didn't think that that was too dissimilar, but I, I'm with Cameron now. I think that the inverted fullback thing worked against Bournemouth, but what we've seen in the succeeding weeks is that anything works against Bournemouth. So let's not get too carried away. <laughs> <laughs> and now he, he, he can't keep up with the fast wingers if he's having to cut inside and sit next to Rodri. 
because say Max Aran and that were, were tearing him apart. So he needs to stay wide. Especially even for the overlap on, on like uh, He's got on... insurance policy, isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah. the guy you want to be last man. Yeah. He's our insurance policy, that fair pace at the back. And exactly, exactly. I think you saw so many times against Palace as well that he their goalkeeper is kicking the ball and their striker's peeling off to Walker. So Walker was jumping for the ball, and if he didn't win it, or it fell to a palace man, there's no way he can land to get back up and then get back in time. So, you, so you're negating his pace. I, I, Do you know what? We we were at the we were at the, the palace game chatting about it, and I said, I can't believe that. It feels like everyone in the stadium can see this. I said Pep, and I was like, I'm sure he's going to change it at half time, and he just didn't. Oh no, it wasn't Palace. Sorry, what was it? Was Newcastle maybe Bobby. Newcastle? I think um, um, I'm not against inverted fullbacks at all. I was, big, I was a big fan of Cancelo doing it, which allowed Gundogan to get forward when he was scoring all them goals. Huge fan of that. But Carl Walker can't do it to, uh, at all. So yeah, if you want, if you want to do it, I think you do a three at the back, Cancelo inverted on the right, and then see how this Gomez guy does. I disagree with a little bit putting the blame on Walker. I think the problem is like you can allow one fullback to do it. You can't allow both to do it. So when you allow him both to do it, you were putting the centre-backs under too much pressure. So when you've got St. Maximam and Callum Wilson running on, was it Ake and Stones for that game? It just wasn't, it didn't work. They were, they were under too much pressure. They were on the back foot. Like Stones had a really terrible game there as well. And then Walker trying to do play both roles and then run back and mark. So Eddie, Eddie Howe was pretty on the ball for that. I think he just recognised after seeing the Bournemouth game what Pep was going to go for and then planned for it and told Callum Wilson to go really out impressed. far wide. Yeah, St. Maximum to go out far wide and then just put those fullbacks under pressure. So, I don't think I'm not necessarily blaming Walker for it. I think it's the tactical thing. He was being asked to do a job. Oh yeah. And even even on the flip on the flip side of it, in the Palace game, when like before we turned it around, there was a point where we were trying to break through their their sort of full defensive setup, and it was Walker on the ball all the time in the centre circle, and he's probably one of the worst players on the ball in the team and that's not because he's bad that's just because all the others are so gifted that then you have like a forward line of all our eights and then the strikes and the wingers and then we have like Diaz and Walker trying to create stuff it just didn't make sense to me that it just, he doesn't have that that level of passing ability to, to cut through those lines as much as say if you were to drop Kev back for example but anyway this did this not start off as a this was Alvarez, this was then on to formations a little bit. Um, let's read it back in a little bit, shall we? Um, anything else on the Knox Forest game? Anything on Gundo? You've kind of touched on Cancelo. Anyone else? I'd Any like Gundo to play more for the minute. I don't know who... Do I think he's handling it quite well, like the whole Gundo, Bernie, Kev rotation? Yeah, it's just a personal preference at the minute. I think Gundo's playing really well. And Bernardo has picked it up in the last few games. And KDB started really great, but maybe hasn't been so great in the last two games. Um, so I, I, there's not really a solution to it. It's just a personal preference that I would like to see Gundo start a couple of games. Uh, it, I, I KDB. <laughs> I'm all, just trying I'd to put my right bet over, right? Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be all right with that. Um, I'd be all right with uh, maybe Bernardo Wright, drop Mares. 
play Gundogan. Um, I just, I just like him. He's, he just looks really good again, and I think if we play him, we'll see the rewards for it. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to say about the Forest game as well that it's the atmosphere in the stadium was so much better than games last season. And it's just weird what a new signing and playing a striker up front can do to just generate interest from the crowd. When Haaland got subbed off, that was one of the loudest applause like I've ever heard at the Etihad before. Like everyone was just so enamored with him and like banging on the floor. And yeah, it was it was brilliant. And yeah, but I think we were we've been missing that for the last couple of years since Sergio wasn't playing and then left. Is we needed a focal point to put all of our attention on, and Bernardo's getting a lot of love as well. But I think that Haaland's really brought something to the stadium as well that's getting everybody involved, which was brilliant. Sounds good. Oh, I, I, I mean, had a stat about I saw a stat about Haaland by the way. Um, do you know he's twenty five percent of the way to breaking the record scoring <laughs> in the Premier League? <laughs> I was thinking like sometimes a score of like twenty four has won the like the golden boot. boot, hasn't it? Mm. And is yeah. is a, a third of the way there like already, like easily. Fucking before crazy. We, like, man. Move, before we take a break and move on, I do want to uh, become I want to usurp Richard as the president of the Nathan Ake fan club. <laughs> and I just want to say I'm so sad for him that he got injured because he looked great when he was playing. Yeah. And I don't think he'll get back into the team straight away when he's yeah. fit again. Because Stones looked great last game. If not, he didn't look great again before. Diaz isn't going anywhere. Um, Laporte, I would maybe expect to slot straight back in when he's fit. Um, and then we've got You're going to be looking at October, aren't you, for Laporte, I'm yeah. sure. So I just, I don't think he's going to get back in the team, but he absolutely bloody deserves to because he's been awesome. Back three, mate. Awesome. And yeah. That's why I want it mainly is to get Nathan Ake in the team somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Villa. Um, it's the late kickoff on Saturday. Stevie G. Um, I don't know what you guys think about him as a player. I loved him, like as it, nope. you know, he's like he was the first one that I remember coming through. It like I'm a little bit younger than you guys, I guess. But well, you're like, a Liverpool fan, though, so yeah, you do no, admire well, the no, Scousers, I, don't you? I, I I have a new second team, which we'll get to in the next bit. Um, but yeah, I love Stevie G and he's coming through. He was, he was the right mix. He's a bit kevish, isn't he? He's tenacious, he loves the tackles, can hit a ball. Like, he was just fun to watch. However, as a manager, I fucking despise him. So, I'm quite happily on board this Stevie G getting sacked train. Like, how do you feel about Stevie G and Villa? He's got the same, uh, well, he had previous to about like two or three games ago, same record as Neville at Valencia. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the same record. Um, I think it was like reverse English tax when it like he's he's dominated a farmers league, uh, and then people suddenly think he's ready to manage in the Premier League. Um, Lampard's had the same thing where he did well with Derby. Everyone suddenly thinks he's good. He's there for a Premier yeah. League job. Um, it's just not. He's not good enough. They they need to cut their teeth. I think a lot longer than they seem to now. Like, I don't think the 70, in the 80s and 90s you'd get a sudden retiree going straight to a Premier League job, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, sack the cunt, I don't care. 
Um, he's he's a twat. There's the uh, the pod name. <laughs> Sack. <laughs> Richard, what do you what think about the Gerard SEO, and... <laughs> What do you think about Gerard and Gerard's Villa in particular? I don't really care about them at all, to be honest with you. This just Villa in general are just such a nothing team. The the reason that I I don't really like them is because I went to an away game there with Cameron once, and they were fucking City were shit. To be honest, I hated the City fans more than the Villa fans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I hated the City fans and I hated Villa the club. And I lost my wallet as well. So, that's so us losing all of our listeners. Nice shit, shit, fucking club with a shit fucking town that tries to take my wallet and thinks it's great because it's got a big Primark. Okay. The police did find your wallet and, and give it back to you, though, didn't they? Yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> so the the people of Birmingham didn't actually steal anything you should, from you. You should hate it as well because the wallet got lost and then you had to pay for my train ticket. That's true. But so did you lost your you... train tickets outside of losing the wallet, if I recall? Like, it wasn't a package deal. But this isn't the... sounds like you're a fucking calamity, mate, <laughs> yeah. more than anything. We are, this we isn't the Richard and Cameron podcast. Uh, the, <laughs> the journey's on the road. We've got a feature there, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just tell the same story every week about the one time we went to Aston Villa. <laughs> Well, I'm going to the Oldham game on Saturday, so I can chip in with that. I've got a way, a way trip, in it? What is it? Mm. Two minutes down the road. <laughs> exactly, yeah. First time I've been in about 10 years. Anyway, Richard, Why, do you, why do you hate Stevie G, James? Because it sounds like you've got more of a strong opinion on this. Um, it feels like, even though he was Liverpool through and through, like, I didn't necessarily mind that. It was more towards the end. It was like we started to hate Liverpool towards the end of his career, didn't we? It was when they started becoming relevant again. And like challenging us for that title, and he had Suarez and stuff. So you kind of took a bit of a dislike. Yeah, exactly. Took a bit of a dislike to him then. I don't know. He just seems fucking arsy in all these press conferences, and like face like a slapped ass on the when he stood on the touchline, and like the way he's speaking to some journalists, and like some journalists deserve it. Let's face it. But I don't know. I don't know. It's maybe it's because I used to like him, and now he's turned to a better man. That, you know, it's not as key anymore. Everyone in this podcast, and this is non-negotiable, is a Lampard man through and through. Yeah, I agree what, completely. What about, 100%. What about Paddy, Paddy V? No, no, we're a Lampard no. man. You don't count. It's you're either Gerard Lampard or goals, and we're well, Lampard. Vieira isn't a City legend. He played for us, but he's, he's not a City, a City legend. legend than nah. Gerard is. Lampard is the uh, is the City legend, dear mate. Come on. <laughs> He's the guy. Right. So I just want to say the only thing I give a shit about Villa about is if they are going to sell Douglas Louise tonight, it better be for yeah. a fuckload of money. Yeah. Well, have you seen where he's supposed to be going? Yeah. No. Man City 2.0. Yeah, Arsenal. Ah, um, right. Well, that's Arteta is. So we could probably. Hang on, just... hang on, hang on, hang on. We're coming on to that. Oh, oh are oh, we? Oh, hang fire. Um, so if he does go, shackles your emotions. Yeah, shackle those emotions. If, I'm not sure I'll be as angry go, in ten minutes' time. Well, there's I'm a sure good chance. Just, but, just um... swallow it. Just swallow <laughs> it. <laughs> if they do sell him, supposedly they're after Dendonka from Wolves. He's who, who's somebody else is going for him. Some some other Premier League club was really looking at Dendonka. 
in probably Norwich. probably Everton or Chelsea, <laughs> right? The, <laughs> Chelsea will buy anybody. FFP anyway. is gonna fucking buy. Anyway, how how are we feeling about the actual game? We're feeling confident, late kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I would Last have liked. Last time we played Villa, went all right, didn't it? I think yeah, the eventually. question is more is more is Harland going to start? At this point, I'm not putting any money on uh, Harland not starting. He's be, he's getting captained in my fantasy team. I might yeah. even triple captain him at this rate. I I think he will. Uh, and I think we'll see him start more than we think and just rested more. Um, but on I the flip side, Alvarez showed what he could do. I heard so, somebody told me that Pep said he's basically got a policy of t- taking Harland off when the game's done. Yeah. So as not to have these little horrible injuries that kept him out at Dortmund. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? Wrap him in It's annoying because you just wanted to stay on and just, you know, destroy people. But I suppose long term, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's the right thing to do. But when he's got a hat trick and you're like, he could very easily get another one in the second half. I was so sure he was coming off at half time. And like I said, I was twitching over my bet. So I was like, don't score the hat trick in the first half because he'll take you off. And then there's also like the, 60 minutes and still in that There's also the paranoid fear of don't piss him off, Pep. He'll go to Madrid soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think he'll I think he'll start again. Do we know um, where um where Grealish is up to in his recovery? Because this I would be a good know, game to come back it. to, right? I mean, is he not training by himself? Was he? I, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, to be honest. I shall have a look. Talk amongst yourselves. Because my thinking is that if Grealish can come, it could come in. Then maybe Haaland gets rested, and then you got Alvarez down the middle. But could you not do that anyway with Phil? Uh, you could. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, I suppose we've got any different number of combinations, haven't we, that we can play up front? But I mean, fucking Palmer played on the left yesterday. Seen that. Yeah, I didn't actually think that Palmer had that great a game, to be honest, not to go back to the Forest game again, but mm. he was just lacking that finishing touch for the assist, wasn't he, for somebody in the in the centre circle. He just seemed to keep on running it to the byline and not not being able to cross it back at enough time. But hey, what, pals, transfer marks is really letting me down here. <laughs> well, let's I'm just sure assume. Uh, sure we'll assume Grealish is done. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I suppose from a Villa point of view, they've had a bit of bad luck, haven't they? They've had uh, big star centre back ruled out for a good while. Um, oh, it's the guy from is it Sevilla that we were after. Can't think of his name now. Began with K. No, not Kounde. The other one that loved a, a yellow card and a red card. Um, I'm yeah, going to have to edit all of this out, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, we'll move, we'll move on from Villa. Um, right, so we've got transfers to talk about and some like, general Prem chat as well. So I think the transfers will probably be a bigger one. So quickly on the general Prem chat, I don't know if you guys have anyone in particular you want to bring up, but I officially have a new second favourite team, which is Arteta's mighty... Red and White Army. Um, no. I watched. I, I watched the. Uh, I watched the uh, documentary. I'm all in. I love, I his, tried. Uh, I love his team talks. On, uh, you I know. tried to and I couldn't get into it, but I've got very into Welcome to Rex. I'll put on my list. If I was going to have a second team this year, and I'm pretty sure Richard would agree, it's got to be Burnley, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm not watching any Burnley games. I just hope he does well. I'm not watching Arsenal games. Are you joking? I've seen a few, to be fair. Zinchenko, Gabby. Yeah, they've got a really likeable team now. Like, yeah, because half Martin of them Ellie, are ex-C players. Because... No, but, he, no, but like Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka, like, all quite likeable guys. Because that... Just for men, Spanish cunt doesn't know how to sign anybody that isn't an ex-Manchester City player. Because it all goes tits up. A bastard. <laughs> what happened to um, Pepe? How come he couldn't Apparently get into... How, couldn't, how, how come Gabriel Arteta Jesus make him work? Gabriel Jesus' guide there, apparently. Did you, no, see, I, um, yeah. did you see a few weeks ago... Uh, I might have sent it to you, to be honest. I can't remember. Uh, where they did the close control drill in the Arsenal training. And uh-huh. they're all sort of like going along at a certain pace and then just coming in at the front on the right side. Oh, yeah. Zinchenko's just absolutely ruining everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just shows like the level uh, there. That he's, I think he's he's been injured recently, Annie, but he yeah. has been playing for him. And I fucking miss that guy, man. So, that, do you know, that's, that's why I'm enjoying watching them because it's so nice to see him and Gabby flourish. I'm, I'm enjoying watching the games for them. Do you know you know what I mean? They're above us, right? Yeah, it's not going to last, is it? Come on. Yeah, you're just a glory hunter, mate. You saw that they, they might do another invincible season, didn't you? And you're all over it. You do team. So, turn my Chelsea shirt inside out. Your Liverpool I'll shirt, mate. On the back. We're going to get you a Burnley <laughs> shirt with Lampard on it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like such a thing you would do. I wouldn't be surprised if you brought that out right now. <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> So is that is that a no on Arsenal then? I just so think that they're um, no. they they've had a really really good opening run of fixtures, haven't they? And they've got a yeah. couple more to come, including United, that they can just absolutely go and batter them. And that's that's where the fortune's coming in, and that's what's good for Gabriel Jesus as well. Is he's a confidence player who's being played every game. He's in great form. All it'll take, as usual, for the wheels to come off with that club is one penalty miss or one Xhaka red card or something like that or one Rodri handball or something. And then the next thing you know, it's all tits up for him and it'll all go downhill. So I wouldn't get too attached to him, mate. Yeah, I don't think it'll end well. I think they'll, be, I think they'll get top four and I think that's a success. Um, it's just nice to have a Did you, did you just there. say, I think we'll get top four? No. They'll get top four. Oh, I thought you were. Depends, uh... depends if they win. If they win it, then it's a win. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> no, I think I think they'll do top four, and um, I think that's good enough with the squad they've got. Fair um, right. Should we get on to transfers? Well, before we do that, can we just see are United back? <laughs> back to what? <laughs> I mean, all all it takes is one win isn't it? One win and suddenly Jadon Sancho is now like the hottest property in the Premier League again. Well, he's cheap, isn't he now compared to the new guy? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the, the, the fact that the confidence is coming back to those fans and it's going to be, the dashing of it is going to be so sweet. Don't get me wrong, they'll probably beat us just because that's fucking yeah. sick. But they are they're not going to do any better this year than they did last year. And also, um, it's funny that Liverpool are doing really bad as well. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, good that... in that they came back to win that Newcastle game. It... Yeah. It's the, apparently the Klopp seven-season curse. 
Have you heard of this? Have yeah. you heard of this? Have you heard of this thing? <laughs> uh, it's uh, he, he did well at Mainz, and then in the seventh year was shite. Well at Dortmund, then the seventh year was shite, and now we're in year seven at Liverpool. Didn't he get Mainz relegated? I think in this, yeah, in his last season, yeah. yeah. Uh, some people are already clop out, which is great. Uh, well, I think we've, we've solved it. Die the second he leaves. We've we've solved it already. So in, within this podcast, so Klopp, how who's going to replace him? Liverpool golden boy Steven Gerrard. They'll get him in as assistant and they'll sign Tyrone Mings and make him captain and all will be well. Um, <laughs> Adam right. Milana all is forgiven. <laughs> this is like who are the fucking coaches that United have been signing? Like um was it Luis Boamonte or someone like that? Oh he's or a full um, now. Yeah, Louis Boamonte is a full of it really shocked me. Is, is, is Steve, is Steve McLaren McCarthy? there as well or something? Yeah, yeah, Steve yeah, McLaren yeah. is there, yeah. They signed Benny McCarthy and they signed someone else. Uh, Tom Huddleston? Yeah, he played is, for the... He's like a player coach. The other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, what was going on there? Liverpool did it in one of their ex-players as well. Can't think what his name was now. Um, but, like, some shit you've played that came through and played a few games from is now, like, 40 and they're, like... <laughs> Under 21s player coaches. Well, they've bit. already got, I'm pretty sure they've got Stephen Ward up there already. So that's yeah. But he's taking a break off talk sport, is he? <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm making it up. Maybe I'm talking out my Right. Transfers. Let's talk about transfers and why is Bernardo staying, hopefully, the best bit of transfer business in this window? It's not, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Just start staring the pot there a bit. I love the guy, you know, he's my favourite player, but I would be hard-pressed to say it was the best thing we've done this transfer with the... I'm just glad he's staying. I was getting a bit upset with him that he was uh, showing his arse to Barcelona for a month. Um, but, you know. Are we he's sure he's staying? The window is still open? All right, well, they've yeah. got four hours to give us £80 million for him, so... Can't even give Braithwaite £2 million. Oh, Frank, oh, Frankie de Jong, 17 million that they owe him. So how are they going to find that? Yeah, I think that we need to just accept that Bernardo's going to go at the earliest available opportunity, no matter where that is. But it's not this transfer window, so we've got him until at least January, which is fucking he, brilliant. He got lucky because because he was being so like coy about it. He started going down, and then Haaland's obviously getting nine goals, so like they were... They were getting close to getting swapped out there, but you know I'm, I'm a loyal person, so <laughs> I'll stay with you till the end, Bernardo. But uh, have you seen his quotes from oh. today? Bernardo, yeah, he's happy to stay now, isn't he? Yeah, I'm staying in Manchester here. I'm happy, and the decision has been made. Did you not have said that fucking six weeks ago, mate? Well, he he obviously he he wanted to go, didn't he? And you'd like to think it was that um, City game where the fans, yeah thought that he was going and when he came on the pitch they just chanted his name endlessly for 30 minutes but it probably wasn't us it was probably <laughs> cheeky telling him that look mate there's been no bids um, so that that was the big one I think in terms of him staying obviously from a squad point of view before talking about incomings um, we've touched on Haaland Alvarez there's people like Phillips who we've not seen much of who's been a little bit unlucky with injuries. 
There's Gomez, Akanji's come in today. Like, what are your do thoughts you think, on, on the squad players with Brian? Do you think with the way Lavia started the season, Phillips might have been a bit of a misstep? Lavia wouldn't have got the minutes. He's not got the, the level, the prestige for Pep. Not saying he's not good enough, but just like how we said about Gerard having to cut his teeth as a manager, Lavia has to uncut his teeth somewhere else. Yeah. He's a good enough for bringing I don't know. It, it seems like we could have spent that where we needed it and just had Lavia. But I, I get I get your point. Uh, it's, it's just annoying to see him doing really well. Would you be happy playing a... Champions League semi-final against Liverpool and Rodgers and you and you play Lavia. You know me, I, I, I'm happy playing the kids in whatever game. Come on, mate. Let's, let's be fair. You've got him or you've got an England international who is Premier League proven. But we like, don't because he's injured. He's not Champions League. No, no, but we're talking in theory here, aren't we? Because if this was the case, Lavia, you wouldn't be able to have seen what Lavia would have done already because he would have stayed and he wouldn't have got the minutes. He barely took, kicked a ball for us before, and I liked the look of him. But he... I mean, you're overestimating how much I like to see the kids play. <laughs> well, you saw plenty of them. Got Rico Lewis now. You can love him instead. I would um, said that I don't. I, I don't think Rico Lewis is strong enough to play for City. <laughs> no. So come on, we're getting off topic. Transfers, squad players are brought in: Akanji, Gomez, Phillips. Who it's hard to say like? anything really, is it? Because they've not done. They've not done anything yet. But in terms yeah, of like squad, the way you've described I, them is is I think that sums it all up, right? The squad players, you're not really expecting Gomez to play over Walker or Cancelo at any point. You're not really expecting think, Akanji to play over any of the centre backs yeah. that we've got at any point. They just they're there to fill the rest of the squad numbers up, and they just yeah, it's it's most, signings because other players wanted to go. And the most you can it. say at the minute is we filled a lot of the holes that we had. I still yeah. think we could have done with a winger, um, especially on the right. But other than that, and maybe another centre mid. I know we've got, we're struggling to fit the three we've got in, but, you know, two injuries to the centre mids and, and we're running on fumes a little bit. So we filled a lot of the holes we had. We finally bought a left back. Time will tell if he's Angelino 2.0. He's definitely Adam Johnson 2.0. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so much like him. It's scary. I, I kind of have an instant dislike to him because of how much he looks like Adam <laughs> But you know, I, I think I don't think we'd buy shit players. I don't I don't get the feeling from Gomez like you do when we bought Cancelo where you're kind of like. He's bad now, but he definitely won't always be bad. I just, I, it's just we fill a lot of holes. I think that's the most you can say about it. And from a profile point of view, like we were going for Kukurea, we ended up with, let's face it, a left back from Anderlecht, who is really, you know, Kukurea would, would have been playing a lot, of, starting a lot of games, whereas we probably don't expect that of Gomez. So profile-wise, that's changed. Akanji came a bit out of the blue. Um, we've suddenly got five centre-backs. Well, how do you see him fitting in? Like This is, more, rather than the players as such, more like how they fit in this squad and what it means for the season going forwards. Like, how, how do you see those two in particular? In terms of centre-backs, we've already got two injuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's already third choice in terms of what we have available. And maybe, maybe fourth if Walker starts playing centre-back. 
but I don't think it was wrong to get another centre back in by any stretch of the imagination. We we definitely I was saying during the game the other day we definitely needed one. And I thought maybe it'd be better to get one on loan. But at 17 million, I can see why they why they've gone for him because it's a relatively um cheap risk in case he turns out like a Mangala. We've not spent 40 billion on another fucking shit centre back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're uh, short term options, back, aren't so. they? To, yeah, like you said, Cameron, to plug the hole. They're just short term. I don't think Gomez is going to be at City for a number of years. Akanji might be, but as a backup, if, if and eventually might work his way into the team if Ake decides that he wants to go somewhere else for first team football again. But they're not like signings to get super excited over, are they? I suppose the argument you can make is we've downgraded in terms of left back. Yeah, hundred percent. But we we knew we were doing that right when we let Shinchenko go. Even if we'd assigned Kukurea, I, I, I just hope it was a playing issue and it wasn't a playing time issue and it wasn't literally like he could just go because you're not going to get. I, I struggle to think of a better backup left back that you could get. You know what I mean? I think we're missing the the most frustrating element of all of this, though. In that, how many years did we spend saying, you know, when Sinchenko was bad, it was, but he's not a left back; he's a, he's an attacking midfielder, and we thought we sold him, and finally that narrative is dead in the water. And then we're going to sign a fucking left back that was a left winger and attacking midfielder, and Vinny converted him last season. It's like, for God's sake. Yeah, it's that's, a that's temporary fix. Well, I, I reckon that we will sign a better fullback in in a couple of years, and we'll probably shift this guy on, and he'll just make the couple of Carabao Cup appearances and maybe an, an appearance against a lower uh, table Champions League opposition. Think, and then, do you think it puts the nail in Wilson Esbrand? I don't think that any any youth player that's not getting the treatment that. Foden and Cole Palmer have had shouldn't ever expect to come through a city. Everybody yeah, thought that Tommy Doyle was great. And and I remember saying on here, like, look, the guy's loan fodder in the next year, he's going to be out on loan. And and that's ultimately just the truth. Cause unless you've got every fucker in the club praising them constantly, like Foden and Palmer, they just, they're not going to stay like McAtee is off. Um, he might be so. We're just so youth player starved from like 15 years of nobody coming through since like Sean Wright Phillips <laughs> that we just um, want every single one of them. Ned Manua, Stephen Ireland, Michael Johnson. Willow Flood. You forgetting yeah. Willow Flood, <laughs> Sorry, I said succeed. <laughs> if you heard. Do you not think as with Wilson Asprom that he's, he keeps putting Recall Lewis on later on in the game, right? Surely if you wanted to give Wilson Asprom a minute Takes Walker off, Cancelo on the right. Wilson he must see left. Did Rico Lewis. I don't see it currently. He's only played 20 minutes. He's only 17, though, as well. Yeah, he just seems maybe it's because you compared him to Walker as well, where Walker's a brick fucking shithouse that, mm. that can take any, has the strength to take anybody on. He just seems like he's never going to be big enough to play fullback. There's no you know- future there for the kid, unfortunately. He's, he's only getting game time now because. We've got so few fullbacks that Walker or Cancelo need to get rested. And you've got the five substitutes to be able to do that when you're 6 0 up. And that's the only well, reason why the kid's playing. So, answer my point. Why, why is he not 
flipping Cancelo over and playing OCS brand. If, if he's that I don't rich. know, because I, I think he's got a much better physical profile. He's massive, isn't he? Oh, he's, yeah. he's a lot stocky, at least. I really like the guy, and I, I would much prefer... I, I guess maybe the answer to your question is we've just signed Sergio Goldman. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Which is why I thought is it's the nail in his coffin because if he's if if you're signing not in a nasty way a nobody, you might as well play the nobody you've got. <laughs> oh <laughs> come on, we're being harsh here now. That's this the new a, uh, that's the new pod title. This is the one that's come through. <laughs> I mean, a nobody in terms of name recognition. City fan, give the lad some credit. Everyone's a fucking City you, fan now, though, aren't they? Because they were all fucking glory hunters. Unprompted today, bagged on Mares, Rico Lewis, Tommy Doyle, who's been nowhere near the bloody I team. I bag on Tommy in, Doyle. In general, in the podcast. Um, right, quickly before we go, um, on a kanji, he's supposed to be quite fast, isn't he? Which I, for one, am really glad about. We've got a bit more pace at the back if needed. Um do you think there's any possibility that he could do that role that Walker's been doing? I've heard conflicted reports. One being somebody wanted to buy him for like forty million in, in the Is summer, it? and the other being he's just not he's just supremely average. So I guess I mean Pep turns average players great. So I guess we see. Um, people are putting him in that right spot. I think at the moment, without knowing what he plays like, I'd rather him there than Stones. Uh, but you'd rather him there than Stones. I don't like Stones at right back at all. He's not quick enough. Oh, sorry, at right back. Right, okay. I thought you were right centre back. No, no, no. If you'd have asked me this a week ago, I'd rather him there than Stones at centre back. But he played really well yesterday, so I'd rather him there. Now. But yeah, at right back. I'd rather somebody I've never seen play than John Stone. <laughs> I had a quick look um, on transfer marks, and I'm pretty sure, like, when he first came through in like the Swiss League or whatever, played maybe like ten games at right back, and then maybe like once every season he's played right back. But I can do this is so it doesn't seem like unless Pep sees him as a sort of back three hybridy. I think realistically, you could expect one of our centre backs minimum to be out at any given time. Yeah. So I think it was is it, that is purely a depth thing. I think he bought it for. And Pep just completely reinvent a twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old central defender <laughs> at the ass yeah. end of the career would be pretty fucking on point. But he's turning Walker into a freaking defensive midfielder right now. Um, I suppose the only yeah, I appreciate the squad depth and I think it was probably needed but I'm a little bit surprised he's at centre-back because even Phillips has played at centre-back before so I know he's injured at the minute but he could cover there Rodri's played centre-back for us in the past if it came to it like I'm surprised we haven't gone for another midfielder like you say a winger but it's what it is isn't it I I think also it's a case of this guy is available and he's cheap as shit now yeah Maybe there's a Harlem request. You got to bring my mates in. Maybe, or maybe it's a, <laughs> let's just keep Dortmund sweet till we buy Bellingham next year. Yeah, I'm taking this guy off your hands. <laughs> right. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up there. Anything else yeah, before we go? Hour and five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> tight, guys. Very tight. Point like a toy gun. Hi, I am Yeppel. Cool. Right. 
Well, um, we'll uh, go get some rest before the massive Oldham game on Saturday, and um, I'll see you playing as well. And um, we'll see you all next time. Arsenal playing as well, don't forget. Oh, shit, yeah. Sanji, bye. Sanji, bye. Sanji, bye.